There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episodes 12 and 13 of season three of The Expanse. So normally you guys know we do every episode separate, but the way they did this together and the way it just felt, Steve and I kind of decided that it should just be one episode because I didn't think there was really that big of a break between it. Right, there wasn't. And Sci-Fi made sure, or the executive producers made sure they didn't give us another previously on Expanse to kind of de- designate that, yeah, this was where one ended and the other one began, but they didn't do that. No, and there was limited commercials. And also, if this was the end, had this not been picked up, I feel like this would have been a really good season finale. Like, series Seri- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would have been very happy with the way this ended if it happened to be the series finale as well. Never in it. I haven't read the books. <laughs> Steve and I eventually will get around to them. I know I have the first ginormous book. It's huge. That's my next book. I'm reading Magicians right now, which you know is another one of our shows. But yes. I'm going to get to these. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of them the way <laughs> as big as they are. And I'm wondering how soon we're going to get the Amazon series. Yeah. So we'll see. But we have ratings news. Yes, we do. Episode 12 brought in a 0.19 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.735 million viewers, making it the 39th rated cable show for the day. And episode 13 dropped to a 0.14 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.606 million viewers, making it the 67th rated cable show for the day. Okay, that's really weird. Like, how are they figuring it? Because it went, it was basically just 90 minutes. Right. So how are they counting? Did you go by 45 minutes and 45 minutes? I don't think so. No, that's weird. So, yeah, I expect they metered from 8 to 9 central and 9 to 10 central. I'm wondering, yeah. And that would cause this fairly decent-sized drop in the second hour because it wasn't a whole hour. It was 30 minutes. Yeah, because after 9, I know I turned it off after it was over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of weird, but who knows? We don't work at Nielsen. So. Yeah, we know they their numbers aren't the truth. They're very <laughs> strange. Yeah, I don't know how they do it anymore. All right, so why don't you take us in and read the synopsis for both? All right, episode 12, Congregation. As survivors arrive to the behemoth, two factions form over how to handle a life-or-death threat. Holden grapples with what he's seen and the choices he must make. In episode 13, Abaddon's Gate, Holden and his allies must stop Ashford and his team from destroying the ring and perhaps all of humanity. Okay, so it was kind of weird because you're saying like everybody's headed to the behemoth and all those skiffs are moving pretty quick. 
But it's strange because when it opens and you get this wide view, we see like all the ships have suddenly been pulled equidistance around the center. Right. So it's like, how are you moving so quick? Unless they got like all the skiffs off before they started getting pulled, you know, around it, like in the right. Yep. Kind of weird, but yeah, I don't think that they did. They were that quick thinking to get all the skiffs off their. Like move, move, move. Yeah. All right. Right. So this was an insane. I'm. I really feel like just one episode because of everything that happened. Right. So go ahead and take us in because I don't even know where to start. It was so much going on. I had a hard time tweeting this whole episode. Yeah, it was a a little bit difficult, and I'm just taking it chronologically because that's the only way I can keep it straight. We'll start on the Rossi and Anna and. Amos have detained Melba. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so she kept trying to activate whatever. And we have talked about this. I'm like, what the hell is in there? Right. Is it like a fake tooth or what? How many fake teeth does she have? But apparently it's something completely different. Right. Apparently it's an endocrine enhancement implant. All righty. I'm glad somebody was knowledgeable enough to figure that one out or uh well, it wasn't proto-molecule yeah it wasn't us we were wrong <laughs> and of course and, and nothing happens and anna informs her they've put her on uh some blockers oh yeah anna anna she looked like she wanted to slap her yeah but cry at the same time yes and sure enough melba rages that none of this is anna's business but Anna informs her it is her business when she let Tilly die. And Mega goes, I've killed better people than Tilly Fagan. And that's when Anna lost it. Yep. And I don't think Amos was too upset about it. Oh, hell no. Yeah, because when <laughs> she like, doesn't. Oh, girl. Right. She doesn't. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, she, she was genuinely like, this is not who I am. Right. And Amos is like. Uh, we should just put her down. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know that Amos is cool with that, but dang, Amos. Well, he had every right to feel that way. Yeah. She's tried to kill them. But I don't know how to feel when Amos is, like, looking at, at Anna, and she was like, no, we're not doing that. That's horrible. And he's like, I can override the auto dock, and it'll be painless. <laughs> you know, like, maybe he's he's trying to reach out to her, like, oh, maybe it's because she's a preacher, and Oh, he, she doesn't want people in pain. And right. I was like, wow, okay. I don't know what to say right now. It's like, <laughs> he wants to be like, oh, well, we can do it this way. It's more humane. Right. Less painful. And <laughs> he's just, he's trying and she's just looking at him like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the best line is when he goes, you know, this one won't be grateful for your generosity and mercy. Yeah. It's like, he's not wrong. No, he's not. <laughs> Every minute she's alive is a potential for disaster. Every time I seen her on screen, I was stressed, thinking something really horrible is going to happen. Yes. Now, of course, in the troll section of the Razi, Naomi and Alex are trying to make sense of what has happened as they're trying to get systems back online. And they do figure out that Holden has left the sphere on the MCRN skiff which is now docked at the behemoth. 
And they find out why when they actually receive another one of Ashford's messages offering the behemoth as a refuge. Which sounds great, but Naomi's like, "Mm, why is he in charge? I don't like this. Yes, no. (laughs) And she's ready just to put the space suit back on and just float out there to the behemoth. But nah, Alex ain't letting that happen. I'm really surprised that Alex was like, okay, we all go or we none go. And he's like going to let go of the Rossi at this point. That's like, I mean, I know it's nobody's coming to take it, but still like, I'm really surprised that he's like, all right, everybody gets off the Rossi and goes together. It's like, wait, what? Really? (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised. Just a little bit. Now, of course, we cut over to the behemoth where we see Holden is being held in isolation. And we see a Mars captain, Miss Lucas, just can't get Holden to tell her anything. He just wants to talk to his crew. Well, it was interesting what he says, too. I already told your interrogator everything. It's like, oh, so you're not the first one talking. You just feel like I need to ask this again. Right. Of course. That's how captains are. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear it for myself. Well, probably because it sounds like. He's crazy. Right. So, of course, Ashford's up next, and he tries to take a friendly approach with Holden. Yeah, just tell me all about it. Oh, I love (laughs) this, because he's like, it's going to sound crazy. He's like, oh, no, I'm not here to judge. And then as Holden tells him, he he starts, he's like, wait, you're seeing things? Kind of like, I'm not going to judge you. You're crazy. I thought you weren't judging me. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, really? But, yeah, it, it was a good... Good scene, but when he tells him that Miller appeared to him, right? Uh, the face, the yes. face was priceless. Yeah, that was definitely uh, Ashford's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs face. Yep. <laughs> Especially when it's like, I seen everything, everything, the civilization that was created by the protomolecule, all of it, and they're gone. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah, we're in a graveyard. We need to get out of this place and never come back. Right, because when he describes that the ring is like a roadway, but everything that had happened, Ashford's looking at him like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Right, yeah. (laughs) Obviously, you weren't there. Exactly. But it was interesting when he says it. So it's like, all right, is it supposed to be like a port and everything, everywhere you can go is from here? I wonder if that was the original intention. And then by the end, it seems like that's, that's what it was. But at this point, I was kind of like, okay, so was this supposed to be kind of a, a halfway point? Or if this was supposed to be the way that the original civilization conquered? Like, I, at this right. point, I was it, like, like, I don't know which way we're going with it. Right. You could see that being a mass infiltration of other solar systems to take over or gateways to explore. Right. It could have gone either way. Yeah, we have no idea what the original ring builders' motivations were. We just know they're gone. And yeah, since they're dead, and we don't know why they're dead. Right. And he's so adamant that it's a graveyard. Yeah, that's kind of scary. And then Ashford, when he comes out, he's just like, oh, he's just gone crazy. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's one way. Just write somebody off. But I get it, too, because what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Oh, no, he's he's totally telling the truth. Then you're going to sound crazy. Exactly. So we run into uh, Lucas again, who is joined by Draper and 
her fellow uh, soldiers from the skiff in full armor. Oh, yes. And Draper strenuously presses her belief that Holden isn't crazy and would help them all escape if he could. I don't know why the other Martians are so adamant that Bobby has gone soft at this point. Bobby has more information and has seen more than any of you guys. She fought Proto Monster twice. Yeah. So maybe y'all need to have some respect. (laughs) And of course, Ashford isn't sure they can trust that Holden's loyalties are with them. Well, no, his loyalties are trying to save everybody. Right. Because what was he saying saying before? Fighting against windmills or? Yeah. Yeah. So he's always trying that uphill battle. Now, of course, Lucas tells Bobby that Holden will stay in OPA custody. And then Ashford lays down the rules that the Martian soldiers surrender their weapons if they want to stay. Yeah. And their armor. I'm sure that's going to go great because Bobby's like, I'm not giving you my armor. Yeah. And then her (laughs) captain's like, give it up. What? Are you serious? Yeah, since when did the Martians trust the Belters? Right. It sure didn't. It surprised me that Lucas was so all in with with Ashford's thinking. Yeah. That just didn't sit well with me. (laughs) I know. I started to think. Where's the other Mars captain that had some sense? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I started to think, where where are you? Hammurabi. I was like, okay, what are you doing? What are you up to? Who's paying you? That's what I was right. thinking. Where are your loyalties? Exactly. As Ashford's questioning Holden's loyalties. Right. And elsewhere on the behemoth, we see Drummer is at least alive. Yay! And she's being scanned by a medic who recommends she be put in medical coma to speed up the healing process. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, so I can be more useless? I was like, dang, okay. Yes, she's having to grow a spinal cord, so... It's like, how quick will you grow one if you're in a medical coma? Maybe you need to do this, but then she kind of has a meltdown, which was kind of hard to watch. Yes. Because, you know, she yells at the medic and tells her to leave, and it's so weird, and it's one of those things, because she's such a strong character, that when she has a breakdown and she's kind of screaming and crying and, like, pounding on her leg because she can't feel anything... Right. It is breaking my heart watching this. Yes. It's kind of like as, well, as a kid or any kid, and you see your parent, like something major happened to them and they're sick or whatever, and it's like, you don't know what to do. And it's kind of how I felt watching this. And I don't have that right? that close of a connection with her as I do with my, my parents. But yeah, it was one of those things like, oh my God, you want to do something and your heart just breaks for her. Yep. <gasps> And then she spots some supports on the shelf and gets an idea. And because she's who she is, she pulls her gurney along and reaches the supplies she needs. I thought she was going to mess herself up more doing that, actually. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, oh, God, I know you guys have better tech, but come on. I'm going to slice your spinal cord. Yeah, you ain't going to be able to regrow one. No. You'll be super. So when we go over to the UNN Thomas Prince, we still have a doctor over there, Dr. Colvord. Yeah, and, but he's more a scientist than he's not a yeah, physician. He's, he's a scientist. He's got a PhD. But I just feel like, what are you doing? He's like studying everything that's happening. And I just feel like something bad's going to happen like right away. Right. 
Right, yes. Especially when he <laughs> ap- approaches Commander Fancy. I mean, Kunis. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know that face. Yeah. I love crossovers. We have so many on sci-fi shows, and I know I've said that so many times. And uh, Sean Beek was talking on Twitter to everybody who was super oh. excited to see him. And yes. he's like, I kind of like this uniform. Maybe I need to come back. <laughs> so it's awesome. Yes, we can take uh, him on more than one uh, show. That's I sure. think so. But anyway, so the good doctor decides to, to approach him. And he's like, oh, I've been studying all this that's happening here. And I think things are you know, a little different. But nonetheless, hey, the behemoth has like a crazy strong communication laser. Maybe it's strong enough to get out of the ring so we can tell him what's going on. Right. But I'm thinking, he's like, oh, let's do a distress message. Is that what you want? Because you don't want other people in there. No. (laughs) But it's kind of like he says it. It all comes out like word vomit before he thinks about it. Right. Thankfully, Kunis isn't like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, "Uh, yeah, we'll see what I can do. Yeah. We'll talk to the captain of the behemoth and and see if they might be interested. Right. Cooler head. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rastanati crew arrives on the behemoth, uh, and they get greeted by Diogo, who is really feeling his new authority as head of security. That faith. He suddenly has become super punchable. Yes, absolutely And it's has. all about the attitude. And you know what? It makes me feel so bad saying this, because he was live tweeting, and I guess he was watching with his sister. And they oh, were no. doing videos, and he seems like the sweetest guy, right. and everyone hates him so much on the show. <laughs> and he's like, I'm so sorry, guys, it's how it was written. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> you feel bad when you see that, but when you see Diogo, right. I'm like, you need to be spaced, I'm done with you. <laughs> I got called out on that, they're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, my anger's getting the best of me, but oh my god, that face. Anyway, so <laughs> he is such a little pain in the butt. But all of a sudden he's like, oh, looking at Naomi, who's saying Melba needs to be taken down to the brig and keep this chemical restraint on her, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, 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 we got it. And you're under arrest for being a deserter. And I love and it. get your gun. Yeah, yeah. So she talked Amos into giving up the gun like seconds before he says this. So right. maybe Diogo's not that stupid. <laughs> Take the yeah. gun from the big guy first. And then... A missile sends like, I'm gonna need that gun back now. Yeah. <laughs> and the other belter who had taken the gun, and I didn't catch the guy's name, was smart enough to kind of step back and his eyes got a little big, like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's going down. Yeah. Apparently somebody's <laughs> heard of Amos on that ship. Right, right. He's like, Oh god, we're gonna die. And so um Naomi tells Amos she was expecting this and this is how she's going to get answers to what happened to Drummer. So Diago takes her to the control room where she takes in the new power structure as Ashford is there, Captain Lucas, and Kunis from the UNN. And at first she demands answers about Drummer. And when Ashford seems to be honest about what happened and that he didn't just overthrow her, she starts asking about Holden. Now, before this happened, because Diogo was like all smirking when he brings her in, Ashford yeah. kind of looks at him like, what are you doing? I yeah. totally expected a headbutt from Naomi. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wins with a headbutt, but I totally expected that to happen. 
Yep. And when Ashford does start talking, he's like, oh, yeah, of course I needed you here. And he's like, oh, let's make a deal. I'll tell you about yeah. Holden, and you can see him if you fix the power grid, because it's still wonky. Right. And otherwise, she's like, I'm not here to help you. And at least he made sense. He's like, listen, everybody's here for medical help. If we lose power, everybody's going to die in the dark here. Right. So what do you want to do? You want to help, or you want to be a pain in the butt? Yeah. Naomi can be both. Yes, she can, but she makes the right decision. Yes. And goes to fix the power grid. And we see Melba taken to a cell, having been made powerless by the chemical inhibitor. And once they've got her locked in, and the guards leave... Oh, this was so funny. Yeah. Holden stands up and says, I'm James Holden. What are you in here for? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. She looked like she was chewing nails. Yes. Talk about so close yet so far away and can't do a damn thing about it. Right. Oh, man. Right there within a reach. But we go back to the Thomas Prince and we have our Dr. Colbord looking as Behemoth does try to fire the communication beam. Right. And nothing happens. No. Well, nothing good happens. The temperature of the ring increases slightly. Right. And of course... He's checking out all the monitors, and he's like, oh, I have to study this some more. But what if? I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. Just when he, you throw out a what-if scenario, it's never good. No. And he's like, if we send a skiff towards the station with a warhead and blow it up, and they're like, what? What? We know <laughs> it's not going to blow up. They're like, last time somebody tried something like that, they turned into goo. Right. And the bullets that were shot... Still hadn't gotten there. <laughs> right. They're still kind of hanging there, remember? So, and of course, yeah, and that's what Colbert is hoping is going to happen, is that, yeah, as soon as the nuke explodes, the time speed limit will change again, and it will never make it to the sphere. But why is that good? Because that means nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Real fast. It's like, oh, no, no, no. It this... was seven months, now it's five years right. to get out. It's like, oh, no, 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 this could run enough interference for us to get out. It's like, I don't think you're right. No. I think this is going totally the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. But we shall find out. Yeah. We we cut to the medical bay where Amos is helping out Anna with the patient, and he learns that she was a nurse before she was a pastor. Yes, and something kind of piqued Amos's interest. Yes. When she's like, oh, yeah, because now I have a clinic in St. Petersburg for the undocumented. And she started to explain what that was. But Amos is like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. I know people. Yeah. (laughs) But because he kind of peeked up, I'm like, what does this mean? Right. I'm wondering if this gives us a hint towards Amos's background. I think so. And I think that does go back to being... What Monica found out, that he might have actually been a mod boss. Ah. And just, he seemed to take an interest to Anna, kind of like he did with Prax. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I even tweeted that out. I said, Amos has found his Prax replacement. It's Anna. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing if this is what, you know, no. is going to lead him down the road of let's not kill everybody. Right. <laughs> Shoot first, ask questions later thing. Right, which it cracks kind of 
was his conscience there for a while, and yeah, if it wouldn't have been for what's his name, the the creepy doctor we hated, yeah, he probably wouldn't have killed anybody. Right. (laughs) All Prax was on the Rossi. Oh, let's jump back to Drummer, who is working like crazy to get those mechanical legs working, and then in walks Naomi. Yeah, and it gets uncomfortable real quick. Well, yeah, because Naomi asks about her, and she's kind of helping her with the the legs, and she's like, oh, this is the wrong battery, and she's talking to her, and then she's like, I need your help. I need to go find Holden. And Drummer just seemed pissed, because she's like, I thought you just came to see me. But no, you want something from me. And Naomi was kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can actually do two things at once. But I was worried about you. I'm worried about him. I'm worried about this whole situation. Because at this point, I don't think Drummer knows how serious it has gotten. No, she doesn't. She has no idea what the hell's going on because she's been in the med bay. And And you know Ashford's not coming down and giving her regular updates. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Hell no, he's in charge. I don't feel like Ashford has said anything other than Fixer. Right. And speaking of Fixer, that's what Drummer tells Naomi. Help me build these legs and I'll walk you to Holden's cell personally. Okay. I think that's a good deal. Let's do it. I do too. Because that at least gets Drummer mobile. Right. And I feel like that's really important. Yeah. And then we get a little uh, slap down of Diago as Ashford gets a tip that supplies are starting to show up missing. And the person in charge of uh, security and keeping sure things don't disappear is goofing off. Ugh, Diogo. See, I feel like... he rips in the new wood. Yeah. Well, I feel like he's the one doing it. And he kept saying... It's very possible. He kept saying, no, 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 boss man, no, it's not me, it's not me. I don't know what's going on, I'll do it. And, yeah, Ashford... I was like, all right, maybe Ashford doesn't know about these the inventory going missing, because he seemed super ticked. Yeah. And, of course... Well, he's got all these people on his ship, and they can't afford to be having the, usual. the good old black market yeah. going on on their ship. It's like, not if you want things to be for real, and then to take us seriously. Right. Can't still be having these same old same old problems. Right. And so, Diago, do your effing job, or I'll space you myself. <laughs> okay, Diogo, you heard it. Yep. Guess you better find everything. And then we get a scene where Anna pays Melba a visit in her cell. Oh, man. I didn't know what, what was happening, though. Yeah, like, what a scene. Because... She asks, well, Melba asks, like, are you here to gloat? It's like, why would I be gloating? Right. You let my friend die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not cool with that. And then it was something like, well, do you think I'm going to be happy that you spared my life? She's like, no, but I'm looking for a reason to care about you. And right. I've gone down this whole list and you're giving me nothing. Right. And I love that because she's like, maybe you're damaged. Maybe you had terrible parents. Maybe your life was not all peaches and cream. And right. maybe it's a brain tumor. <laughs> and when Melba, she's like, no, it's not a brain tumor. But she actually start, kind of starts crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? Right. I was confused. Why the heck, like, all of a sudden, it gets to the point where you realize what's up. And you're like, well, shit, we're all going to die. And I managed to really jack it up. Yeah, absolutely. 
And when Melva starts spitting at her, you're a coward. This is just vanity that you didn't let him kill me. You should have done it. You don't get to do this to me. And Anna's like, you don't get the easy way out. We're going to get out of here and you're going to pay for your crimes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, first of all, getting out was looking real iffy right now. Yeah. (laughs) So you're real hopeful there, Anna. But I don't know what it is that Melba is finally, like, has enough time to sit there and let it all sink in. All the people she's killed, all the horrible things she's done, and really kind of how bad her father actually was. And maybe now she's, like, realizing my sister's gone. Everything has been taken because of the frickin' protomolecule. Yeah. And this whole time, I'm blaming the guy over in that cell. So maybe that's what it is, where she finally kind of cries. But I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of self-serving. Right. A little bit. And, of course, we see the skiff with the nuke that floats out towards the station. And it goes boom. But, of course, it's stopped dead in its track. Oh, yes. And, and the good doctor, like, hmm, I should analyze this. What? Yeah. It had an effect, but I need to figure out what it's actually doing. And, of course, on the behemoth, they just see it as a waste of a nuke. Yeah. Well, I can't say like, they're wrong. really, what are you going to need that for? You ain't going to use, ain't going to be able to use them anytime soon, I don't think. I don't know. If they... Yet on the station, we see the... It's starting to glow blue and kind of uh, vibrate, shall we say. I thought it was growling. Yeah. <laughs> it did kind of look like it was more of a growl than a frequency yeah. vibrate. Like, did the station start to growl? What is happening? I'm just wondering, because the next thing we know, we do see Drummer actually with those robo, robo legs. Very much like uh, what they're using for people to help them now, actually. Right, off. yes. And I'm wondering how heavy those things were, because she was moving around a lot. I'm like, oh, God, how heavy are those things? Yeah, they've got to be ton. Well, I'm sure they weren't super light. So, yeah, she probably really had to work out a lot. But I'm watching this, and I'm going, okay, cool. They're using stuff that we're seeing kind of now, only way more advanced. So I kind of liked how they they incorporated all of it. But she takes, takes her down, Naomi down to see Holden, and is telling the guard, open the the gate and he's like well i can't leave him alone and she's like he's not going to be alone and then the guard finally looks at, at naomi and then it's like oh light bulb okay <laughs> okay gotcha gotcha and going in to try to talk to him i mean it again you had that heart-wrenching moment where they're together and it's like oh you came back thank you i really need you here this is all my fault everybody's gonna die this is because of me and, right. like, and naomi is like dude Really? It's not all you. There's got to be a way to fix it, though. Give me the rundown. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know how well Naomi took her, although she's been there with all the craziness. So she probably wasn't like, okay, you're you're a nutter. So maybe we need another way. Well, no, she wasn't there with Miller. Right. But she seemed to be like, I've been through so much other craziness with you. All right. I'm going to take this leap of faith. Right. Yes, she did do that. And it was funny because as Holden is saying, Miller's talking to me. I'm the only one the protomolecule is basically communicating with. Melba hears this. And she, again, yes. looks like she's chewing on glass. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm tweeting out like, yeah, that's right. 
It's communicating with him, trying to tell him how to fix this, and you're trying to kill the only guy who can fix this. Yeah, who can save humanity. Right. And if, as this is all going on, we have Colvord, who's like, hey, I have the results. It, it really didn't do anything. Thank you. Thanks yeah, except that. it's emitting magnetic pulses towards the ring gate. And, of course, that happens to kick Ashford's memory in when Holden told him about burning through the whole solar system like they were catarizing a wound. Yeah, so it's like, okay, which is it? Those those uh, magnetic pulses doing it? Is it because they're doing something? You know, cause and effect. Which is what, though? Right. And Kovard says that these are getting stronger and whatever's going to happen should happen in the next seven hours. Yikes. Yeah, so it's powering something up, and of course, Ashford takes that cauterizing the wound to mean that, yep, they're gonna, sh- it's gonna shoot something out the ring and destroy the whole universe, so we gotta do something to stop it. Right. And hey, surprise, surprise, Monica made it. Ha <laughs> Imagine that. Yes, she's broadcasting various messages throughout all the, well, that broadband that every ship gets to see. So. Right. This is good, right? Maybe this will come in handy. Well, we have the leaders presenting a unified front telling everybody to remain calm. We're analyzing the data. And don't freak out, because that's going to calm everyone down right away. Yeah. (laughs) Ash? That's when Avasalara there, right then there. I was so mad we did not get her. I know. We literally only had a screenshot of her for like 10 seconds. Yes. Well, it seems like Ashford's going, okay, you know what? The station seems to be acting hostile and towards everybody. So given what Holden said, because apparently he's no longer crazy, I think it's going to wipe everybody out. So what can we do? I'm going to be super noble. I say we take out the ring and close it. And yeah, we're going to die, but nobody else has to. We're going to save the human race. Yeah, save humanity. And I'm thinking, why are you trying to act noble all of a sudden? Yeah. And, of course, Lucas says, no one on the other side would ever know what we did. But they don't have to. All they have to know is that nothing else is coming through, right? Well, Ever is a good soldier. Yeah. We have the guys in charge who are like, you know what? Yes, this is this is what we have to do. And so on top of that, the Mars captain tells Bobby, all right, some stuff's going to go down. So we're going to probably need crowd control. Go get what you need, get your people, and be ready. I'll let you know what's what. Right. And she's like, okay, but doesn't really question it. No, she doesn't. She's back to being good soldier. Which I don't know how I feel about that, but... Right. And then while this is happening, we have drummer Naomi, who had left Holden, and right. they're watching him via monitor. And we see why everybody thinks he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because he's trying to get to talk to Miller. Now, we don't get to see Miller this time. No, or hearing. Right. Just see a one-sided conversation. <laughs> but Miller is giving him information, and this is, makes me wonder. It's got to be Miller actually kind of still in there. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, Miller's in his head and will be there. Yeah, and he gets the information how to save everybody. And I love it because Drummer is kind of looking at Naomi like, this dude is crazy, but <laughs> we have a plan. And it's like Holden tells them, I have the information. I know what to do. 
And so Drummer, being the good captain she is, like, all right, wait, we can save everybody. Because yeah. she thinks big picture. Yes. And she hails Ashford to tell him what's going on and what we need to do. And Ashford's just like, oh, you're not in medical anymore. Oh, no. you're talking to Naomi. And you're talking to Holden. Great. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And let's meet up and right. hash this out. Right. <laughs> yeah, we know better than believe in any of that. As drummer tells Naomi and Holden, it's a trap. We aren't going to do that. Right, right. So, like, all right, well, we need to do this. And then, oh, there we go. His name is Egan. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot the poor guy's name. She's <laughs> like, give me your weapon. Okay. And all of it, do you want us to tie you up or something? Knock you out? What do you want? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm with you. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Kind of surprised me. And off they go. Because as this is happening, Ashford's telling Diogo, go down there, go get those people, and don't let anyone stop you. So I'm thinking, great. So you're basically we giving him free reign? Trying to back three dead bodies is what, uh, that's what I heard. Yeah, like, <laughs> or how many how much of a body count on the way there. Right. So Holden does manage to be like, hey, Alex, Amos, and they're, yay, you're alive. Like, here's the plan, dude. We need this to be done. We're all going to turn into red mist if we can't get this stuff taken care of. And we need everybody to do this. Everybody has to power down so that we can be seen as non-threatening to the station. Because right now, we just all look like nukes. Yeah. And they're all little nails, and the station is a hammer. That's what it is. <laughs> so, hey, why don't you use Monica? And, of course, Amos, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk her into it. Amos, you are not the guy to sweet talk anybody. I'm sorry. I love you, <laughs> Amos, but that is not what you do. No, that is not one of your uh, people skills that you excel in. No, <laughs> but he is smart. Even though yes. sometimes he doesn't seem like he's got the brains and he's all brawn, he is a smart guy. He is. So we go up to the command deck where uh, we have all these people buzzing around, working hard, trying to get the power grid up to maximum so they can do this. And we also see one of the workers getting electrocuted. And not falling. Yeah, and not falling. Just stuck there until they grab him. So weird. And one of his guys questions why they're funneling all the power into the comms lasers. And Ashford tells him, we're going to strike back at the station. Apparently that's good enough for Gregory. He heads right back to work. Now, of course, Monica is already reporting the unrest on the ship when Amos and Alex approach her. (laughs) And like you said, Amos talks first and No, she's not having anything to do with it. Right. But thankfully, Amos was smart enough to go get Anna. Yeah. Because even though Anna didn't want to leave the med bay, Anna, you know, he says, we're going to do something nobody wants to do, but it's the only way to save everybody's life. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you're saving lives, I'm Right. And then Anna's the one who decides to talk to Monica. And Monica looks at them and is like, why didn't you lead with that? Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Amos, again, don't have it in the right order, but at least you're getting everything we need. Yes. So we cut back to Holden, who apologizes to Naomi for losing so much time together and for driving her away, which she refuses that 
tells him that, no, you didn't drive me away. And they agree to stay together till the end. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, this is like a ride or die mission. I'm not digging this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because we see them holding, puts his hand in hers and you go, oh, don't know. Right. (laughs) One of you two ain't going to make it. That's what I kept thinking. Yeah. So we have them headed towards the reactor, and then we have Alex, Amos, Monica, and Anna headed toward the communications area where they're going to do a direct link. Yeah, uh, like a direct link to everybody so they can't cut them off. Smart, again. And uh, as this is happening and Monica's trying to plug in, Anna decides to talk to Amos, who's watching, and he's, like, ready to shoot anybody. And Anna's like, you know, hate is a burden. You don't have to carry it with you. But she also, right before that, talks about how if we die, I'm going to be sad because I didn't get to talk to my family, blah, blah, blah. And Amos just, it's so weird because Amos looks at her and goes, I'm not going to let anybody hurt you. I mean, it goes from, I'm going to kill everybody, I'm sad I'm not going to kill Ashford myself, to, I'm not going to let anybody hurt you, they got to get through me. I was like, wow. He really does have, like, two gears, like, you know, high and super high. You know, it's like... It's so weird, though, how he switches up so much. And I don't know. I just love the way he's he's playing it. And I'm, Right. And it's because Anna tells him, hate is a burden and you don't have to carry it with you. I and I just loved it, though. Just, just how that yes. whole thing went down. And then we go back to the reactor and Naomi's like, all right, I'm going to do this. It's going to take a few minutes. But we got this. And drummer of course being super awesome through this i don't know how she's still making it with her spinal cord regrowing but hey she's being drummer right and she looks at holden and she's like i'm doing this for her not for you he's like yeah okay i'm cool with that and just make sure she doesn't die right (laughs) but as this is happening of course ashford is doing things that aren't good Right. And Holden realizes Ashford is going to try to destroy the ring. And that's when he has that, like, flash to what he's seen. Right. And then he realizes if anything happens, at all life, both sides of the ring are done. Yeah. It's over. Right. And so Drummer's like, hey, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that because this could happen. Right. Ashford is not listening to Drummer. He thinks he's being noble and going to save everybody. Right. And it's not so much. No. And Ashford's like, even if we all survive, we can't let this just stay here because somebody else is going to come through and do something stupid because we're stupid. Yeah. Can't, I can't deny that. No. And No, if nobody gets out of there, right. war will come. And everybody on the command deck's like, wait a second, she's making sense. And he, of course, turns it off. Right. And then here goes Monica's news blast everywhere. And yeah. And, of course, they have Anna be the one speaking. Yes, smart. Yes, extremely smart. As that's happening, the people on the command deck are kind of like, um, what if they're right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ashford (laughs) doesn't like any questions. And it wasn't even, like, a major question and, like, going against his command. It was just a genuine question. Yeah, and he gets a bullet between the eyes. Yeah. Did anybody else have a question? Like, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the one who proclaimed to uh, be wanting to eliminate all those belter tendencies so the inners would accept them just lost all the cred that he had built up yep. in one brief second. And Ashford's like, bring more people up to help. We need this done. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. 
what does this mean? Probably nothing good. But even the Mars captain was like, uh, the Martians are here for crowd control. And she sets off Bobby and them. It's like, wow, that yeah. that's what you wanted? It just seems weird. Yeah. To, for her to blindly lead a belter just doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be something else there. We just don't know yet. Right. Or she's just so scared. She's like, uh, he sounds like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, when she puts the Marines in play, they go for their suits and, oh, look what's missing. Yeah, the suits aren't there. Was anybody surprised? No. no. And then what do we see in the next moment as Bobby is cussing? Yeah. We see Diago running with the suit on. Yeah, apparently it didn't take much to figure it out and you could just fit into it. Right. Oh, man. And when he heads to the reactor control, because Holden had blown the elevator. Right. Like, I was thinking, of course, something good is going to happen. Well, they get to an airlock to get away from him, as I guess Naomi had already set up the the sequence to shut everything down. Right. And as they're going, and suddenly they have, I don't know where the, their suits came from, because they ended up getting in suits and then going up. You see Diogo, like, punching, like, trying to get through into the airlock. I'm like, okay, everybody's going to die. I see how this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I kept thinking. Yeah, I think I tweeted out, maybe <laughs> we'll see uh, good old uh, Melba show up just in the nick of time with her powers and say <laughs> maybe. Speaking of Melba. Somebody's got to <laughs> do it, yeah. She does show up on the command deck because... All hands on deck to fix anything. And because she was rated as a tech, they brought her up. Somehow it was command deck. Worked out for her, I guess. Yeah. And uh, she happens to uh, spark a cable. And, of course, Ashford comes over to uh, talk to her. And she explains that it's the chemical inhibitor which is making her fuzzy. Yeah. If I take it off, do you promise not to do anything? Do you promise not to kill a bunch of people? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yes. I'm like, you are dumb. You're really, really dumb. <laughs> I love it. And she asked him, do you think a truly good act at the end of your life can make up for the terrible things you've done? And Ashford says, yeah, well, you'd like to think so. Now, I think she obviously was asking for herself, but Ashford's thinking... She's asking him because she has an idea of what they're doing. Right. But no. So Draper and the Marines are tracking down the source of the broadcast. And when they find it, there's a shootout. Oh, my gosh. This is so great because she says who she is. And all of a sudden, Alex is like, Bobby? And then you hear, Alex? <laughs> I loved it because Alex is like, hey, I'm coming out. I'm putting my gun down. I'm going to come out and talk to you. So she puts her gun down to talk to him. And her Marines, I swear to God, they're all itchy, twitchy, yes. you know, whatever. And he's like, this is just, this is just a stalling technique. Why do you listen to them? And he's like, this is not going to be good. You know, one of these idiots are going to shoot. Yep. And of course, that's what happens because one of the Marines tries to shoot at Alex and there's a tussle and Amos, of course, is like, I'm taking you out. I'm going to take you out. And there's a fight and Bobby ends up knocking out the other Marine. As Amos takes out the second one that started the whole mess there. Right, but Bobby has also been shot. Yes, and I was like, no, Bobby! Yeah, <laughs> no, not Bobby. Alex was the same same way. Ah, she's been shot. 
But it wasn't by Amos. Even though he said he would take her out if he had to. Right. It was her uh, comrade in arms that ended up shooting yes. her. Yes. Well, we go back to our other little crew who are going up the elevator shaft. And they realize that Diogo's going to get to them faster than they can get where they need to go because he's got the suit on. Yeah. And Holden and Drummer stop and tell Naomi, keep going. And they're dropping some bombs down the shaft, which have like a zero. Fades down yeah. the shaft. That zero effect. At least knocks out two of them. Oh, really? I forgot. Yeah, it took out two of the three because they had three people oh, in suits. Oh, that's right. That's right. And Drummer's like, give me the grenades. He's going to beat us. I can't keep going. Tell her, I'm sorry. I, I tried to kill you. I was like, yeah. oh. That's so sweet. No, no, no. Right. I was like, what? No, but that's so sweet. So she kind of moves off to a little section where, I don't know, I'm assuming it was almost like a service section. Right. Service platform. And she's looking and she's like, all right, I got got this. Okay. Going to do this. And she arms the grenades. And then we pull away and we see that Anna is talking to everybody. I'm like, oh my God, why are you pulling away from this right now? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude this isn't cool and then we don't even go back right away because then you have Colvord talking to kunis saying oh maybe we can do this because we we got ourselves in this mess yeah maybe that was yeah, a great we idea. screwed it up and maybe powering this ship down is the best thing to do okay maybe you should have thought about that before yes <laughs> Then we finally go back to the elevator shaft because I'm like, I was super stressed. I don't know about you. I'm like all tense. So going, yes. I can't tweet anything because I don't take my eyes off the screen. <laughs> exactly. And she's doing like those deep breaths. Like, okay, I got this. I got to time this right. Take him out. Just when she's about to do something, here comes like a super speed elevator that just knocks out Diogo. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> and her face was just like, I'm not dead. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like this pure elation. And I'm like, that is the entire fandom right now because Drummer is not dead. Right. Because then Naomi's like, I didn't hit you too, did I? Oh, God. I think there was a collective sigh of relief and a cheer because as far as we know, Diogo's done now. Right. Because yes, he could not have survived that. Because he was even with this working my nerves. So, yes, Drummer is alive. She doesn't have to set off the grenades, which she turns off. Must be nice. Right. And... Off our team goes, well, Holden and Naomi, because they're who knows how far ahead, to try to get to the command deck to finally get their point across. Yeah, which is teetering on chaos, but Ashford gets the laser powered like he wants to. And he fires the laser, but it misses the ring. And then the station starts growling again. Yeah. (laughs) And you go, oh, no, this is about to end horribly. I think just gunshots in space are a bad idea, which we get right. in a corridor when yeah. Holden and Naomi are so close. Yeah. And then Holden's like, I have an idea. And he throws his gun out. We're unarmed. Is that a good idea? No. Is, is that the right <laughs> way to go? I mean, are you ready to be like, well, you can take me out quick. Then I don't have to worry about when you guys screw this all up. Right. Of course, before he walks out, he turns to Naomi and says, I love you. Oh. Just kill us now. <laughs> yes. And it just took her by such a surprise that she, it, she was tongue-tied. Just like you are right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Ashford's like, shoot him. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Okay, what's going to happen? 
And here's what we were waiting for. Melba decides yep. to activate, you know, the little extra tooth thing. And she charges Ashford and, like, slams him into the command thing. Until, Thank you. Yeah, just cracks it. He's, she slams him so hard into it. And right at that moment, the behemoth goes dark. And she had gotten knocked. Well, not oh, yet. Right. She, she, has, knocked. she slams him, then jumps over, takes out the two guards in the corridor, then jumps back to her station and moves a couple of cables, and that's when Behemoth that's goes right. dark. Right. I jumped ahead. Yeah. But it looks like she got shot. <laughs> yeah, I think she might have. And then when it goes dark, Holden has the flash that he's on a planet looking up at the ring. Right, at a ring in the sky, and you go, Right, and then... I still think he's got a lot of that, whoever built this, the civilization that's been wiped out, is in his head. Because i seen he somebody else... He just doesn't else. realize it yet. Yeah. Somebody else was on that beach. Yeah. Who the hell was on the beach? Was that supposed to be Miller? Was it just supposed to be one of the creators? Well, at the end, it is, was Miller. I don't know if it was Miller the first time through. Okay. You couldn't really tell. Okay. But then we start seeing a whole bunch of other rings appear. Yeah. And Holden says, oh, well, I guess it works. <laughs> what? You guess it works? That's an awfully big gamble, but okay. Yeah. But the ships are free and they can move back. Now, this is my thing. I'm like, all right, well, they have all these rings. Does anybody know which one we need to go to? Anybody no. sure which one to get out? No. Yeah, obviously. Hope somebody put a little yeah. flag there. Like, hey, this way out. <laughs> But as all this is happening, then at the very end, and this is why we said that this could have been a series finale, because everything yes. kind of wrapped. We have Ashford, who is in medical, and Drummer kind of reconciles. She goes down to see him with like a bottle right. of alcohol, but he turns his head away. So I thought he was kind of pissed at herself. Like, oh, you were right. I was Probably. wrong. Yeah. and <laughs> Didn't want to have to admit right. it. <laughs> and Anna and Melba, I mean, did they like... Reconcile because Melba didn't die. Right. But they're on the roster. Yeah. But I still wouldn't trust her. I feel like you're still going to jail, lady. Well, I don't think they're making a pit stop at Earth. <laughs> and Bobby, who jumps in the yes. seat next to Alex. Yeah, that was awesome. I think at that point, Bobby's just like, I cannot go back to that. No. And I mean, we hear like Holden talking, and he's like, you know, I don't think they just let us go. I think this was all a ploy because now there's 1,300 new frontiers. Right. And it's going to be a new blood-soaked gold rush. It's like, oh, yeah, man. This doesn't change anything. We're still who we are. Right. But he's ready to go. So, all right, the, the station still wants the crew to find out something. Right. Who took out the people who uh, the original. built the ring? So it was really interesting, and then you see them like go through a ring. Now, I'm assuming everybody wants to go through the main ring, go back home, at least stock up on supplies. Right. And, and like, know <laughs> Figure what out what. which, yeah. Make a plan. But no, the Rossi just goes headfirst into yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Later, we're done with you people. <laughs> and you see that, like, water effect where they walk right. through. Right. So. It goes through. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Oh my gosh. Okay, Steve, did we get any feedback on the, this insane finale? Oh, yes, we did. As usual, our best friend Fred from the Netherlands has provided some audio feedback, so let's take a listen. 
Hello, Fangirl Zone podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Expanse Season 3 Finale, Episodes 12 and 13. First about Episode 12, Congregation. First remark. We hear Diogo say to Bobby, nice suit, and we just all know, it will probably disappear. Furthermore, we finally know where Clarissa's, aka Melbat's, strength comes from. But one has to pause the episode in order to read it on the monitor of the Behemoth's Met Bay. Nobody is really saying something about it. The only thing Anna says is that Clarissa is on blockers. If we look at the Met Bay uh, monitor, we see that it's an endocrine enhancement implant and it saturates the body's system with a synthetic compound as well as, as it enables the endocrine system to overproduce hormones that when mixed and activated via a control uh, mechanism will create an extreme state of hyper physical and mental awareness in the subject. So this is the way Clarissa does that. I understood from book readers that in the books it's, it's quite extensively explained uh, how this works. But, well, obviously they left it out from the TV series. Very nice, of course, in the first uh, episode of the season double finale is uh, when Commander Kunis walks in. And I thought, yeah, nice actor crossover. Fancy Lee from Killjoys being actor scene B. Okay, episode 13, Abandon's Gate. I didn't understand the episode title fully. What does this name Abaddon come from? According to Wikipedia, the Hebrew term Abaddon and its Greek equivalent Apollyon appear in the Bible as both a place of destruction and an angel uh, of the abyss. In the Hebrew Bible, Abaddon is used with reference to a bottomless pit, meaning the realm of death. I still don't fully understand the relationship of this to the expanse. Nothing is explained about the term in the episode, as, as far as I could con detect. Is it just the ring we already know that gives access to the space bubble uh, within they are all captured now, and the station uh, that's within it and uh, that is powering up to destroy them all? Is that bubble the bottomless pit the Hebrew Bible refers to? And if that is the case, why didn't episode 7, now with the title Delta V, in which the ring was actually formed, got this title? At the end it was a little unclear to me. Did I understand it well that the very last scene of the season, the Rosananta is flying towards one of the new discovered worlds? Or is it just flying back into normal space? As you uh, were probably expecting, I will mainly talk about the scene just before that, with Holden and Miller on the beach. Well, Miller is not actually on the beach, but floating above the water. We know that the Expanse is filmed in Toronto, and almost everything is studio work. They rarely film outside. And now that they do film outside, it was exactly at the location which I visited in 2017. The scene was filmed at Bluffers Cliffs and Sand Beach in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I visited that site on August 25th of 2017 during a 9 days Toronto Orphan Black filming sites tour. Of course I was there because some of Orphan Black of the Orphan Black scenes were filmed there as well, but I didn't know the exact angle uh, they were filming from, so I took quite some pictures and selfies over there. And of course I didn't know I would land up at exactly the same spot 
Eswer Holden, actor Stephen Strait, would stand some months after me, later than me. And just a few meters from there, also a Killjoy scene was filmed. I already referred to that in my audio feedback for the season 4 premiere of Killjoys. Well, Steve and Sean, thank you so much for this podcast and all the work and dedication the two of you put into it. I'm happy to know it will continue. In the meanwhile, Killjoys season 4 started and I'm very happy with that. I really noticed how much I missed that show. Actually, I like it more than The Expanse. Although they are both science fiction shows, they differ quite a lot in tone and setting. The Expanse is actually a bit too serious and too dark for me, although I enjoyed this season and I also did my very best to get the show renewed for its fourth season after Sci-Fi cancelled it. So, this was all for The Expanse Season 3. I wish you all the best. Greetings, Fred from the Netherlands. Okay, so Fred, I think we all knew something was going to happen when Diogo said that. Yeah, and they took her suit. You knew. Yeah. You knew. I think <laughs> we all tweeted that wrong. out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't trust him. This is going to go wrong. And, okay, I can't believe you you were able to get, like, a big, big picture of what was going on. Because I always kept saying, well, okay, rewind. In my mind, I'm like, what are they talking about? What is she chewing on? What is this blocker? And the fact that you got this picture for us. Right. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you for that. That's really, and I mean, seriously, how amazing is this anyway that they're putting this on something that you probably wouldn't see that most people aren't really looking for. Right. But they have this in-depth thing on the screen for us, even though it's teeny tiny on the med bay monitor. Right. That's amazing that they went into that much detail though with everything. Yes, absolutely. And yes, we all squeed when uh, Fancy Lee from Killjoys showed up, actor Sean Bake. Yes. As a Commander Kunis. Like, that yay. was awesome to see. And then everything he was tweeting out, he's like, I don't know, I kind of like being in command. Maybe I need to yeah. be over here some more. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. It was amazing. And, okay, for the finale, I think that's just the name... I mean, I understand you went into, like, way more detail than Steve and I did. Right. I think it's the name of the book. And I think they just used the title for the name, which, where do they pick it? It could be anything. But the fact that it's used as a term for the bottomless pit, I'm thinking is more when everything opens up at the very end. Right. And they just have all of these worlds that they can go to. Yep, that it's all these like, new universes to explore. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I could be completely wrong. Right, and I am too, and that was my whole thing was when the Rossinati crossed over, that's what I was assuming that's where they were headed was to explore one of the universes that the ring opened up to. And I think that's what we talked about because I wasn't sure. I was assuming they're going to go somewhere and like – refuel and resupply but if you would think (laughs) that would make sense maybe they're just planning to kind of peek in and then come back and refuel and come up with a game plan but i i don't know but yes abaddon's gate is actually the third book right out of six 
and well, at least in the first six, I think there's actually like eight books now. There's a lot of books. Yes. And I have the first one, which is the size of like 12 books. This thing is huge. I'm still, I'm trying to get through a magician, so I may never get to this book at this point. But I... hopefully at some point before the series is over, I will at least have read the first book. But I, <laughs> they have so much content. This can go for a while. So if you're interested, maybe check out the books. Maybe it explains it more in there. Right. And that, that may be what the, they call the gates or Abaddon's gates. Mm -hmm. And finally, with your pictures that you posted, <laughs> that is amazing that you were in the same place. I did the same thing with Doctor Who in New York. Right. You know, I, I had to take pictures of me <laughs> at all the places that they were when they were in Central Park. And it's yep. so cool that you did the same thing and it works for multiple shows that we do. <laughs> Right, yeah, and that's what's so even more awesome about it is Fred experienced it as an orphan black fan, and it ends up showing up in <laughs> not only The Expanse, but Killjoys episode one as well. Yeah, that is just crazy. awesome. So that's awesome, and I, not that I normally go on trips to just find like movie sets, but almost anywhere when you're traveling, you can look it up. That's how I Googled it. And you can find all these places like wherever you're at to see if they've ever done one, you know, any sets there and you can go check out the area, which I think is extremely cool. Cause when I was doing it, I'm like, oh, Matt Smith was here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. yeah, I did. I squeed a lot. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening to us and sending your feedback this whole season. And uh, I do hope that you're into some of our other shows, too, because sci-fi talk. That's right. We're covering them all. Yes, and there's some really cool ones coming. And yes, some that I'm... aren't necessarily sci-fi, but we'll be covering it, such as The Purge. Right. Yeah, sci-fi seems to be turning a little towards the horror genre coming up, and we'll see if it's... As good as what they've done so far, like on Channel Zero, that oh, I actually great. loved. Hopefully, Night Flyers is going to be more of a psychological horror than just gore. Now, The Purge, maybe, maybe not. I mean, yeah, we'll see we'll, how we'll that works. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but Deadly Class looks amazing. So, much like this is based on a book, Winona Earp based on graphic novels. We have new ones coming out that are based on books and graphic novels. So totally check them all out too. And thank you so much for sticking with us for this season and uh, listening even when we were a little behind. Yes, we appreciate it immensely, Fred. Thank you so much. Yes, and your package is on like a slow boat to China. Eventually might get to you. <laughs> thank you, Fred. So what do you guys think about how this season ended? Since we do have a whole other season coming. At least. Let us know at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Now, even though it's going to be on Amazon, we are going to keep it on sci-fi talk, guys. Yes, we will. And while you're at it, though, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends, and we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. Again, I'm going to try to read this book, at least the first one before it comes back. <laughs> so I will tell you how freaked out I am by the time we come back, I'm sure. 
So don't forget to check out our website, www.fangirlzone.com. We have our Redbubble store. You can see our shirts that say Sci-Fi Talk and Awesomeness. And you, if you go back, we actually had, from the first season before it came out, interviews with the cast of The Expanse. So you can go back and right. see what they all thought of before it was all starting so long ago. Yeah, from New York Comic Con. Yeah. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. I guess it worked. And until next time.